In the brief gap between seasons one and two of Stoll's Rebels, Marvel Comics kept Rebels fans fed with a new limited comic series focusing on the show's Jedi hero, Kanan Jarrus. On this episode, we will be exploring that comic's first volume. Welcome to Canon Catch-Up. Hello there, and welcome back to Canon Catch-Up. Uh, we've been gone a week, but we've returned with another comics-focused episode. Uh, this week we will be talking about Kanan Volume 1, The Last Padawan, and to talk about it is just just two out of three shit boys this week. We've got myself, Dan, and Chris is here as well. Hey, Chris. Hello. John has uh, abandoned us. So it's, Let down. It's just going to be the... Your two favourite shit men. We asked John to come on, and John was like, no, Rebels fans are the worst. <laughs> he was like, this comic shit, I hate Rebels. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to John Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not, he can't be here today. But uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to fill the gap, just the two of us, and we're going to very quickly talk about one of our favourite comic I'd say vol- so. volumes, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a genuinely excellent one, so we're excited to talk about this one. Of course, as I said at the top, Kanan Volume 1, this collects issues 1 to 6 of the 12-issue Kanan series, um, written by Greg Wiseman. Uh, issues 1 to 5 are penciled by Pepe Larraz, and issue 6 is penciled by Jacobo Kamanyi. Um, the trade paperback came out on the 3rd of November 2015, uh, and this show, as I said in my little cold open, actually, uh, the first issue came out on the 1st of April 2015, which was after season one of Rebels had finished, but before season two of Rebels started. So this was a nice little uh, appetite. Uh, what's, what word am I looking for? Not cleanser, because that would make it sound like season one was shit. Um, um, a nice tasty little morsel? I don't a tasty know. little Rebels morsel to keep, yeah. keep people going between the two seasons. Uh, but most specifically, this took a look back at Kanan's origin as a Padawan after escaping Order 66. So something we didn't really know much about coming out of Season 1 of Rebels. So it was important canon content. Uh, first off, Chris, before we dive in, do you like this one? Mate. Okay, so I read this, not when it came out, but I'd probably say three years ago or so. And I remember it was maybe one of the first ones I read. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, oh, this is really good. But I reread it today because we were recording this. And God, it's so goddamn good. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? It's like one of the best ones. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going to be controversial here, as always. I think it's up there with Saul's Vader. It is good. It is. Like, mm-hmm. It's not as like canon shaking, but mm-hmm. just in terms of like really good storytelling. It's up there with Vader, Lando, you know, the cream of the crop. Yeah, I, I think when, when you talk about like the best Star Wars comics and it's your Aphra's, your Soul Vader, your Lando, and then I think Caden has to be involved in that conversation. It is it yeah. is one of that bunch. Yeah. It really is. Because not only does it give you like such a great insight into the origins of the character, but it's just a really good look at Order 66, um, the state of the galaxy at that time. But even just despite that, it's just just a really good story. Yeah, just a good character study. Yeah, it's just a really good in, yeah. like, involving story with some great characters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think I've read this one. This, today was probably the third time I've read it. 
I think first time I read it was literally back in 2015 when it was getting stuck on Unlimited at the time, I think six months after. Um, and I remember, I think I might have just read this first six issues, maybe even the first five. Um, and I liked it. And then I reread it when I did my big Canon Comics catch up a few years ago. And I loved it then. And then I reread it today as well. And it, it still holds up. This is an excellent comic. Really good origin story for Kanan Jarrus, who's one of my favorite characters, big Rebels mm. fan. So just getting essentially what is a Rebels comic. I know the Rebels crew don't feature that heavily in it, specifically this first volume, but it's good. It's hella good. I, to be fair, though, I love when they do show up. Yeah. Like, I, I love the... I mean, we're probably going to talk about the art, but just the the choice of the artists on how the Rebels crew look mm-hmm. is perfect. Because they don't do and try and do, like, a recreation of the show or anything like that. It's just... It's a stylized look, but it's a really good one. Like, I, I, I would watch a whole series of hand-drawn Rebels with this style. Yeah. I think the, the artwork across all six issues of this are excellent. I think what yeah. Pepe Larraz does with the sort of Order 66 storyline, which is the predominant storyline throughout these this trade paperback, is excellent. Really dramatic artwork. And I think the sort of more cartoony stuff that, um, that we get in... The epilogue issue, issue number six, I think is excellent as well, and it really works for that Rebels style. Yeah, so if if you're a more recent comics fan, like a lot of our, although a lot of our readers, listeners, sorry, uh, have got into comics from the High Republic, I'd say the closest in style is probably Ario Aninditos. Mm-hmm. It's very 100%. similar to that, especially yeah. if you read his um, work, if you've looked at his work on the first issue of Obi Wan from last year. Uh, oh, with yeah, the child, the yeah. child version of everyone is really similar to that. Um, so that's very much the style, and I know that everyone here is a big Anandito fan. So it's yeah, really, really awesome yeah. stuff. Um, so let's dive into discussing this. Let's break it down a little bit more. Um, how, how do you feel? Like, do, do you feel you learn a lot more about Kanan from reading this comic? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, this is, it takes you from, I mean, just to, you know, just kick things off. It starts on the day of Order 66. So you see him with his master, Depa Bilaba, um, fighting the Separatists on Kala, is the planet. Kala. Yeah, yeah um, and you see Order 66 happen, and it's genuinely affecting. And the journey you go on with Caleb, as he is known at this point, Caleb Doom is is really good. You you, I cared more about him in this than I ever did in, about him in Rebels, and I love him in Rebels. Mm-hmm. But you you go you just you get to see that trajectory of how he became that almost well, not so much in Rebels, but if you've ever read the book of him, A New Dawn. Yeah, I was going to say this. Yeah, yeah, it's you you get to see how he gets to the point he is in New Dawn. Like they mm-hmm. work perfectly together. Yeah, definitely. It sets him on that trajectory to become a bit sleazy. Yeah, which is why, like, when Jello Fallen Order came out, and it start the way that starts off. I know that Cal Kestis is not the same character as Kanan Jarrus at all, um, but they have similar stories. Mm-hmm. And I remember when that started, everyone's like, "Oh, this is really great!" And I was like, "It is really good," but I've read this before. <laughs> you know, this is really similar to A New Dawn. And the Kanan comics put together, that is your first hour or two of Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you, learn, you get to learn so much more about Kanan and who he is and how he got to where he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. I, I think I think this is the point where you learn more about Kanan than you... I mean, Kanan in Rebels is a fantastic character. His arc in Rebels, you know, going from a Jedi who's almost given up to the purest of Jedis, raising an incredible Padawan up to becoming a Jedi in Ezra. Like, he has a phenomenal storyline, but it means so much more after you've read this backstory for him and learn what he went through in Order yeah. 66. And not just what he went through in Order 66, but what he then subsequently went on to have to go through. You know, in learning how to survive in a galaxy where he's wanted where, you know, anyone who finds him will kill him and he has to learn to survive. And that means becoming a criminal. That means stealing from people. That means hurting people. Um, and I just think that journey that he goes on in this comic and just in these first six issues alone um, is fantastic. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if if you look at it like Rebels is kind of as... I, mean, I know they're all, it's an ensemble cast, but it's kind of Ezra's story. And yeah. Kanan's yeah. role within that is the role of the master. He's Obi-Wan Kenobi in a new hope that's kind of the role he has so imagine if you then got the star wars prequels and they focused on obi-wan from childhood that's this you know what i mean that's what this is yeah yeah um how does this one serve specifically as like an order 66 slash post revenge dan just say it just say it just say fuck feloni no, no, we're getting there. We're going to get there. Okay, <laughs> okay, 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 all right then. <laughs> I'm building um, up to that point. <laughs> I genuinely think this is the best Order 66 story there is. I would tend to agree. I think for me, the ones that have the most impact for me, I think is this one and Cal Kestis in Fallen Order. I think are the two Order 66 ones that hit the hardest for me. I can't even remember what happened with the Order 66 moment in Shadow Fallen Order. Well, you need to go replay that game, Chris, because it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I know, I know, I know, it's good. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's some really good Order Six Six stories. You know, you've got Revenge of the Sith for one. <laughs> um, Clone Wars, uh, the Siege of Mandalore is a great Order Six Six story. And uh, more recently, Inquisitor Rises of the Red Blade was a good one. A slightly different twist on that one, which I really appreciated. Um, but this one, I think is the most effective in the fact that you get you get to see it through the eyes of a child mm-hmm. essentially yeah. um and that just makes it sit, hit so much harder yes he is a jedi he is a padawan but he is still a child and you've just spent panels with him joking around with these clones or gray and styles right yeah yeah. Um, and there's, there's genuine warmth and affection between them. And then you see in the background the little hologram of Palpatine pop up, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, it's about to go down. Yeah, and you're like, oh, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Well, you spend the entire first issue, Order 66 doesn't happen to issue two. You spend the entire first issue just watching Kanan's, or Caleb's relationship with his master, Depa Balaba, and then the relationship with the clones, specifically Grey and Styles. Um, so it hurts even more in the second issue where they all betray them. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really good Order Six Six story. It's 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 a it's a narrow story. It is very much just about Kanan and Depa and the clones. It's not a a, a galaxy wide Order Six Six story like you've seen in other things. But I think because of that, it has a more of a personal punch to it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I love this as an Order Sixty Six story. Um, I specifically like the moment where Kanan, where Caleb eventually gets himself a ship 
and heads back to Coruscant because yeah. there's the signal telling all the Jedi to come back to Coruscant and then he gets Obi-Wan Kenobi's message through and seeing the effect that Kenobi's message had um, on him, basically just saying, go hide, survive, don't don't bother about the Jedi anymore, hide, and one day maybe a new hope will rise. I mean, it was, it was generally like, just do whatever you can to survive, don't bother with us, basically. And, and that's a powerful thing, and it really... I mean that that guides Kanan's entire life from this point. And, yeah, it really does. Um, and obviously, a new dawn works as a good companion to this to see that next stage of him, you know, thinking maybe I can do more than just be a criminal. Maybe I can join up with this. Well, I mean, his attitude is maybe let me join up with this hot chick and. <laughs> and yeah, that's not going to on that one. Follow her mission, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this does serve as an excellent old sixties, and I also think the sort of post sort of Order 66 world that this that this comic shows us is a really interesting one as well. You know, there's like everyone out free for themselves. You know, the Empire's grit. Um, seeing that the, the way Kanan has to survive um, yeah. in this is just by... I mean, for, for the majority of this, he doesn't have a name. He's just he's just this Jedi with no... ex-Jedi with no name. He doesn't call himself Kanan Jarrus until the end of the fifth issue. Um so I just think that element of just life on the run and a life of crime with his friend is isn't it is his is his name Janus Kashmir? Yeah, Kashmir. Kashmir, yeah, yeah. Which um, obviously the inspiration behind Kanan Jarrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean um, that that relationship. Obviously, you've got the incredible Order Six Six moment and everything you're talking about surviving and the power of that. But I think the real heart of this volume is that relationship mm-hmm. between uh, Caleb and what's his name again? Janus. 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 Yeah. It's such a great character. Wonderful character. Yeah. Such a good character. I'd love to see more of him. I say that having not read the second volume yet, so I can't remember what happens to the character, <laughs> but I would love to see more of him because the, the relationship is, is genuine and it, it works and he's a really awesome character to read. And even though they have a nice relationship and it's like this online, you can never trust him. Not once through these six issues do you trust this guy because no. he, you know, without going too much into, you know, exact plot details, you know, he gets betrayed and then he gets unbetrayed and it's sort of like a back and forth and back and forth of like, can you really trust this relationship? But I guess it te- teaches Kanan really essentially to not trust anyone and to only trust himself. But through their mutual untrust, like forms trust and love <laughs> and affection builds between them yeah 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 it's really uh, clever it's really and really to the point where when it reaches its kind of crescendo in like issue five i think five, yeah it's, it's kind of hard to read mm. i, mean, I found specific- that really affecting yeah i mean i won't i won't go into specific spoilers because anyone who hasn't read this i really would recommend people read this um we will talk about the bad batch elephant in the room in a second uh, but you should still read this comic it's on marvel unlimited you won't be able to pick up the trade paperback unless you're willing to spend like 150 quid <laughs> because it's ridiculously out of print and hard to find now which is a real yeah, shame it's expensive um but the clones gray and styles they who are caleb's you know good friends at the beginning spend this trade paperback hunting him down and it comes to a pretty emotional climax in the fifth issue that really hits home 
something that Clone Wars does so well, which is like really like showing how human these clones are. And then something that Bad Batch did really well, which was showing how tragic it is that these clones had to turn on people that they respected and admired um, and they couldn't control what they were doing. And I, I, I think, I won't say anything else, the storyline presents itself in a wonderful way, in a really tragic and emotional way, but it's definitely worth a read. 100%. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't let, obviously we're going to, maybe going to mention the Bad Batch, <clears throat> but don't let that colour this. This is still very much canon and it does still kind of work. I, I, yeah. um, well, let's get into that. Let's get into that. How, yeah, let's, let's speak about the Filoni yeah. in the room. The elephant in the room, obviously, for anyone who hasn't watched The Bad Batch, the very first episode of season one of The Bad Batch, uh, Aftermath, the sort of like bumper hour-long first issue, uh, first episode, starts on the planet Kala with The Bad Batch meeting Caleb Doom and Depp and Balaba, um, fighting some droids, and then all the 66 happens. And the Bad Batch save, specifically Hunter, saves Caleb in these woods uh, and then he disappears off and we don't see him again. Um, so it's... What I like about the Bad Batch is for people who haven't read the comics and for people who are never going to read comics, because I know a lot of people won't and people just watch the TV shows and the films, it gives a sense of what this comic story is and it gives a sense of what Caleb's journey is Mm -hmm. to the TV watching audience um, without dishonouring it too much no I was going to say the same thing Um, yes the details are different Mm -hmm. but the general overarching thing of the beats the important beats are still the same and he still ends up in the same place so the rest of this comic past the second issue can still perfectly happen no, no, no issues with that. Um, it's just the slight details of how Order sixty six happens. Like the Bad Batch aren't in this comic, yeah. Um, and then there's no clones named Grail Styles. Other than that, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's nighttime uh, rather than daytime. Funnily enough, and uh, in the credits, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm ninety nine percent sure in. It's either the credits for the Bad Batch or it's in the audio, like the subtitles. They like one of the clones is called Grey in in that Bad Batch episode. So they do at least try and acknowledge it. Um, and I think how I can ju- like, I mean, how how do you justify fitting this story in within the sort of newer version that the Bad Batch presents? Well, the common thing, and it, it's the same with when Filoni, I think it was Filoni himself, addressed. The differences with Ahsoka and the Clone Wars, the Ahsoka book, sorry, and the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. in the fact of the Bad Batch show is what happened, whereas the framing device for this story in this comic is Kanan's remembering, recollection like he's, of it. He's, he's thinking back. So some of the details aren't going to be the same, and right because it's twenty years later, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so the details are going to be hazy. So ultimately, the same things do happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just some extra clones, and it's daytime rather than nighttime. Yeah. That's that's it, really. Yeah, and I think where it actually can line up quite nicely is in the comic. He runs off into the woods, which he does in the Bad Batch. Yeah, and he hides 
from Gray and Styles. They move past him, and he's like hidden under the ground, under some twigs or something. And then he comes out from that hiding place. Next thing, he's in the capital city on Kala. In my mind, when he comes out of that hiding spot, that is where the scene in Bad Batch happens. It yeah, slots, slots in there, and then when he jumps over the ledge, that's him going up. So it's almost like the, in my mind, that's how I justify it. That both these things happened. They just happened in a slightly different order and a slightly different recollection. I think that's how I justify it yeah. in my head. Like the Caleb, the Caleb in the Bad Batch still goes on and has the really important story with um, Janus and with the clones. All that still happens. And Gamut's Key, which is a name, well. name that stuck in my head from the comic. <laughs> um, so whilst I think... Whilst I, I tend to not like when Filoni does his little meddling with some of the books and the comic stuff, it can get a bit tiresome and frustrating. I think this one doesn't take away from the fact that this comic is still canon, it's still worth reading, um, and I don't think it decanonizes it in any way. I don't, I don't buy no. into that conversation. And I, I think if you are a book and comic fan and you like the books and the comics as much as you like the movies and the TV shows... This is as valid, if not more valid and consistent in quality than the Bad Batch is. I mean, I love the Bad Batch, don't get me wrong. But this is up there at the top. Would And would you say the Bad Batch is up there at the top? Maybe, maybe not. So it's don't let that colour you because this is a fantastic, fantastic series. Yeah, well, yeah what I just say to people is, is for the people who have only watched the Bad Batch, that's their version. For people who have only read the comic, this is their version. And for people like us who have seen both, we just get to pick which our version is. Yeah. Um, for me, I absolutely adore the Bad Batch. I love that first episode. I got really emotional when I realised it was Caleb in that first episode. But to me, this is still my version of events. Yeah, and, and even though in my head the Bad Batch stuff still happens and it's still important and it still helps the Bad Batch's story a lot, for me, this is still the heart of what Kanan's story is. Yeah. I, I will still try and justify the two's existence at the same time because it's, you know, from a certain point of view and all that sort of stuff, you know, this is literally Caden's point of view as opposed to the Bad Batch, which is the Bad Batch's point of view. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this for me is Caden's story, and it's an important one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, like, Caden is Filoni's character as well. We can't forget that. Yeah. It's like Ahsoka. Ahsoka is Filoni's character. He created them out of his own head. They're completely his. Yeah. So if he says one thing, then that's that's the way it is. Um, but it's still still great. It's honestly, yeah. still great. Yeah. Um, it is. It is a real shame that this trade paperback is so hard to come by because I want it so much. <laughs> the actual trade paperback isn't expensive, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I know the hardcover is. No, no, no. Just the normal trade paperback is ridiculously expensive. The hardcover is quite hard to get. I managed to get it a bit cheaper because it didn't have the dust jacket so I have it without the dust jacket right but it's fine because the actual like art underneath the dust jacket is gorgeous right no I have I specifically when we had this coming up and can catch up I went on to like Amazon and everywhere to see if I could get a, a, a copy of this volume one trade and it was out of stock everywhere on eBay for like a hundred quid um it's quite hard to come by I'm hoping at some point Marvel reprints it but I don't think they I don't think they will which is a shame. Yeah. It's £35 on Amazon right now. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, 
it's not ridiculous, but I don't know. It's still pounds. like three times market yeah. value. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a bit excessive when you. When the hardcover, the hundred and seven. Yeah, that's yeah. Sorry, that was the one that I knew was on. It was hundred quid, but yeah, but even the. Yeah, you're going to pay three times retail price if you want to get a hold of this trade paperback, which I probably will bite my tongue and do at some point. But yeah. now is not the time. I've got a Marvel omnibus addiction that I'm feeding at the moment. <laughs> Can I just say as well, obviously we talked about the out. Yeah, same. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, not just Marvel. I've got DC as well. Um, can I just say though, obviously we spoke about the art, but another thing that needs to be mentioned about this series is the single issue covers for this series, are amazing. They are, yeah. They're I actually really think are. they're the best covers in any Star Wars series. Yeah, who does the covers? I don't know, but they're fucking great. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the... I think, like, obviously a lot of people know and can picture the first cover because that's the one that's on the trade paperback and stuff. But I think, like, issue number two and issue number three like those to me are the issues that like the covers really stand out like it's issue five when he's walking through the woods and it's behind his back because that's a gorgeous cover that is yeah yeah that is i've just got that one up just now that cover art is by mark brooks well mark Uh, brooks you're smashing it mate you smashed it eight years ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah good good job back in 2015 But I would have that as a poster. Like if anyone's listening to this, just go and look up Caden Volume 5, issue number 5, the cover art. It's Another word of warning, though, if you want to get these covers, in this collection, there's two massive keys. Issue 1, the first appearance of Caden, is expensive. But issue 6, which is the first full comic appearance of the Rebels crew, mm-hmm. is worth a lot of money. Is it? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I have every issue of this, apart from 1 and 6. Oh, because you've actually, so... you've actually got the independent, the individual issues. Yeah, yeah, I've got all of them apart from one and six because they're so expensive. Oh, because you could the think it's, the, on issue six it's, is so nice it's not just well. the first appearance of Ezra; it's the first appearance of Ezra, Sabine, Hera, Seb, Chopper. Do you know what I mean? Massive first appearances, and I bet because of Ahsoka, they've gone up even more now. Yeah. Damn, that cover's beautiful because it's got like the reflect the reflection of Kanan in the floor with Caleb. That's so nice. Oh, man, yeah. I need that. Uh, anyway, anyway. We, could ramble, we could ramble on and on and on, but general final thoughts, Chris, would you recommend this to a comics reader, a non-comics reader, a, a non-Star Wars person, uh, a whoever? 100%. If you're listening to this, you're a Star Wars fan. If you're listening to this, you're a Star Wars book and comic fan. If you haven't read this yet, just cut this podcast off immediately and go on <laughs> Amazon or whatever, wherever you get your digital comics or Marvel Limited, and go and read it. Because yep. the digital version of this is not expensive, so... No, 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 no. And it's, all 12 issues are on Marvel Unlimited. You will rip through it in about half an hour. You yeah. will love it. It's so easy to read. It, it took me half an hour to read the six issues that we're talking about today. It'll take you another half hour to read the other six that we'll be talking about at some point next year. Um, yeah. yeah, I completely agree. It's an excellent comic. It's one... It's a bit of a like I I don't want to say underrated because people do rate it, but I don't think a lot of people talk about it. Not anymore. It's flown under the radar recently. When I first got into the Star Wars books and comics, when there was less around about three four years ago, a lot more people spoke about it, and it was highly regarded. But it just doesn't seem to be anymore. I think it's because like the High Republic is so dominating. It's taken a lot of the headlines, but no, this is a wonderful one. Yeah, so definitely check it out. 
And that basically wraps up the episode. Anything else you want to add, Chris? Nah. Nah. Cool. Uh, so, Canon Catch Up will be back next week, hopefully, to talk about it's the Journey to the Force Awakens Shattered Empire miniseries, I think, that we're talking about next. Nice. Um, and then I think Canon Catch Up will have a short couple week break over Christmas because everyone at the Star Wars Book Community podcast is going to have a nice Christmas away from the podcast. But yeah, we all we... celebrate Christmas, actually, don't we? All of us. Yeah, yeah. So we will be dropping, I think, a few episodes across the Christmas period. We've got the quiz. We've got a few other bits planned. Uh, but Canon Catch-Up and Legends will take a quick break over Christmas. And then I think Morgan is kicking off the new year of Canon Catch-Up with the Before the Awakening kids yeah, book. Yeah, I'm on that one. Um, so... Yeah, that's it. Chris, if people don't know where to find you, where can they find you? SW Book Collector or Star Wars Book Collector, however you want to say it, on Instagram, Facebook, and all those places. And I'm at Vader's Castle Library on the Instagrams. Um, I would love to post a nice book review of this, but I can't do it if I don't have the physical copy, and I don't have the physical copy because it's expensive. So Does John not have it? That's a shame. Uh, no. It's a shame because he would have got more likes than you anyway. So, <laughs> nah, fuck John. He's not even here anyway. <laughs> yeah, traitor. <laughs> uh, so yeah, total grey and grey and styles. <laughs> so yeah, if you like this and you like what we're doing on the Silence Book Community Podcast, follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, don't miss Share episodes, it. share it, let your friends know about the podcast. Get uh, your grandma listening. Get your grandma listening. Your granddad, your uncle, your aunts. All yeah, of them. get them all on it. Uh, no, it's been a good year. We've done a lot on Canon Catch-Up this year, and uh, we've got a lot more coming next year. Lots of exciting stuff. So, yeah, thanks for listening. We're going to get Charles Saul on. Yeah, that's our mission, 22-4, Charles yeah. Saul. Coming for you, friend. Uh, okay, friend. cool. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you. Bye. Bye. Bye.